Woi woi, woi woi, woi woi. Then it then go on the radio again. Yo, if you wanna smoke free weed, go board yourself. You need to go plant a seed. Go board yourself, make your knowledge increase. Go board yourself, go board yourself, go board yourself. All right, welcome to episode three. An epic episode of Grow Bud Yourself. We have a very, very special guest this week. We have Jorge Cervantes, uh, the legendary cannabis author. We have amazing information about cultivation, including uh, the vegetative stage of growth and our Grow Q&A with listeners. And it's all brought to you by Bogarts. These are the discreet, hygienic, and efficient one-hitters that are disposable uh, and biodegradable. And they have a great deal for the show where... Anybody who signs up will get free a free three-pack of Bogarts and a chance to win a starter kit as well, all with free shipping, so stick around. All right, so welcome, of course, to episode number three. Very exciting. Awesome. And thank you to DJ Jacques and to Win Strong for the tune. What do you guys think of that song? If you love it. Check out Winstrong and DJ Jacques on their various social media. Tell them Grow Bud Yourself sent you. They've done, you know, the original song and then they did the free hash version of it. Right, the, the remix. Yeah. <laughs> and now the Grow Bud Yourself song. I hope you guys enjoy. And uh, as always, you know, thank you to Mike G, my co-host, and to our sponsors, uh, Bogard, Sweetleaf, Vapor.com, everybody who's, uh, you know, listening, helping out, all our Patreon supporters. Um, this is very exciting. You know, it's like, it's fun to do a weekly show, you know? What do you think? Yeah, it is. I, like, especially when you're doing it from a uh, wildlife preserve out in Brooklyn there. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. We did get some feedback about the raccoons. Hopefully they'll stay quiet uh, for now. You never People know. People like them. I know. It's funny. We got we got some memes, <laughs> uh, some some photos and some interesting comments and feedback about that. So that's pretty funny. Hope the raccoons are enjoying that. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, same, there's not, hasn't been a ton of news out in the world, really. I mean, a little bit here and there, dribs and drabs, uh, but really everybody's just sort of locked down, but shout out to cannabis for helping people through the lockdown. I mean, I don't know where I'd be without it. It's, uh, it's really saving my life, making me feel better, making me, you know, enjoy my time, you know, binging (laughs) shows and podcasts and everything else. Uh, and yeah, I even took a couple of gummies just, uh, about an hour ago. So I'm feeling nice. Oh, yeah. This could be a wild ride. All right. A couple of gummies, a couple of dabs. And, uh, I'm just, I'm feeling good, you know, like, I don't know. I'm excited about the future, even though, uh, we don't know if there is a future. That's an incredible testimony to the power of cannabis that you're excited about the future right now <laughs> in this hellscape that we're all living in. So yeah, shout out well, to the pot. Yeah, you know, I kind of finally decided to just turn this time into, you know, productive time and and whether it be doing the podcast, uh, you know, working in the media, doing whatever, you know, doing some push-ups, you know, just uh, trying to enjoy it, you know, for what it for what it is rather than dwell on, you know, what it's not. No, that's a that's a good outlook, and I'm I'm looking forward to seeing Jacked Danko once this uh, <laughs> lockdown ends. Well, that's the that's plan. Exciting. That's the plan. Yeah. That's the plan. Cannabis juice and uh, and working out hopefully will uh, help me drop a few pounds, feel a little healthier, and uh, come out of this whole thing uh, feeling good. You know, definitely. I'm actually I'm kind of curious to hear from our listeners about the lockdown. Like if it has kind of encouraged people to learn how to grow a pot at home when maybe they hadn't done that beforehand and they just kind of relied on, on their dealer or on their dispensary. Yeah. Um, you know, an- interesting. anecdotal evidence to me suggests a lot more people are interested in farming and, you know, and that's not just cannabis. I'm talking about microgreens. We talked about this on the last episode, uh, vegetables, fruits, uh, even ornamental flowers just to make you feel better. I mean, I do think there's a lot of interest in that and people are at home, you know, it's, it's, it's easy. You can't, you don't need a lot of space to do it. And, uh, you know, it's, it's a great way to provide some stuff for yourself. I mean, there's a reason we had victory gardens during world war two. It was to relieve the pressure on the food system and, 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 you know, be, become a bit more sustainable. And you know what, honestly, the quality is better. You know, I mean, it's just a better product 
and, and I always know what's what's going into it. Right. Pesticides, you know, nutrients, all that. And it's fun. I mean, it's actually quite fun. People think I just saw of all people, I saw Nicole Richie on uh on Jimmy Fallon, I think it was. And she's changed a lot. I mean, she's she looks like a like a hippie now. You know, I think once once she got into her thirties, she really changed and and she's interested in uh you know, farming and beekeeping and she's got uh, chickens and I don't know. I, I, I was, I was actually quite inspired because, you know, I kind of always looked at her as just sort of, you know, same, you know, sort of Paris Hilton vapid kind of, you know, debutante uh, situation. But I, I honestly think uh, it's really interesting. And she was talking about how, uh, you know, it's seemingly uncool to, 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 you know, farm or to grow your own, uh, you know, to garden basically any kind of gardening when she started and she started posting about it, people were, were clowning on her. And, and I just thought it was very interesting that she's sort of saying, no, this is actually really cool and like fun and a great thing to do. And, and, you know, I felt that way, you know, ever since I saw my first cannabis garden and it really taught me a lot about all the other plants and, and also fungi, you know, shout out to fantastic fungi an amazing film that's out right now as well. <laughs> all right but, yeah, that's maybe uh, what this uh pandemic needs is a little more a uh, little more fungi at home <laughs> you grow your own it's easy it's not hard that's There's true kids. too that's anyway true too. that's yeah, right this is not uh grow shrooms yourself <laughs> go shroom yourself that's true although there's an, a whole other uh a whole other idea for an episode right there is uh let's get a fungus expert on here uh, maybe we can get Ophelia Chung and she can tell us all about uh, growing lion's mane and, and, and cubensis and all the different uh, fantastic fungi that are out there. Nice. Yeah, a little spinoff. You've done the free hash, so we should do, you know, grow shroom yourself. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> so, shroom you know, yourself. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, we get um, we get a lot of questions from our listeners and, and the, the majority of them are, are cultivation related. People want to know how to grow their own uh, pot, and you answer those questions in our cultivation uh, section. But every now and again, we get a more general uh, cannabis question. So we thought maybe we would answer one of those up front here and uh, kind of get into that a little bit. What do you, what do you think? Sounds good. Let's do it. Okay. Uh, so this question comes from uh, Cameron, and he writes, Hey, Danny, my name is Cameron. I was in the process of listening to all 103 episodes of Free Weed when I saw you started your new show. I don't know what happened at HT, but I know that I'd rather support Danny Danko, Mike G, and the good guys. Uh, listening to your earlier message has inspired me to get into the industry once it's legal in Kansas. So my question for you would be, what is the best way to enter the newly legal cannabis industry if HB 2742 or HB 2740 pass in Kansas? I'm looking towards being a grower caregiver for my grandparents. So uh, thank you for returning to the show and essentially being a Cushman figure in my journey. Oh, that's, nice. that's very nice. Um, just real quick for our listeners who may not uh, know a whole lot about Kansas. Uh, those bills he refers to are the uh, Kansas Equal Access Act and also the Kansas Medical Marijuana Regulation Act, um, both of which were introduced to the House in March of 2020. Okay. Uh, yeah. I mean, as far as getting into... Uh, the industry in Kansas, you, you know, I'd have to take a closer look at those bills and, and see what the situation is. But I'm assuming there's going to be cultivation. There's going to be uh, dispensaries. So there's lots of gigs that you can get. And I, my recommendation is just get your foot in the door, uh, become a bud tender, uh, become a, a, an apprentice grower, a trimmer. You know, those, you know, those jobs can be humbling, but that's how you begin to understand how this legal framework works. And it's not hard to work your way up. All you got to do is show up on time, do the work that's assigned to you, you know, make someone else's job easier and they'll keep you around. That's always my advice to people. And so whether it's Kansas or anywhere else, get your foot in the door and make yourself irreplaceable by just working hard. It's not rocket science. You know, people appreciate someone that makes their job easier. And if you're making their job harder, they're certainly not going to appreciate that. And if you're only doing what you're told, you're also not, you know, actively looking for, you know, ways to improve your situation and your work situation. Uh, I find that the people who do those things uh, are the ones who can, you know, move up the ladder and succeed 
over time. So be prepared to put the time in. It's all about the patience and it's all about, you know, just planting a seed and letting it grow. And also, very interestingly, uh, Kansas's governor, who is uh, Laura Kelly, supports medical cannabis. And 68% of people in Kansas support uh, the medical use of marijuana. So that's interesting. Yeah, amazing. We've come a long way. I mean, again, you know, 15, 20 years ago, I would have been very shocked to hear that, you know, Oklahoma and Kansas Mm -hmm. and states like that we're, we're, we're opening up without any sort of federal change. And so we need that big federal change at some point and hopefully we'll get it. But, uh, you know, you can kind of feel the wind at our backs at this point, you know, the, we've always been sort of, you know, working into the wind and now the wind is at our backs. And if you go back and listen to the shows, uh, like some people have mentioned, you'll hear, you know, a variety <laughs> of opinions on when this is all going to happen. Uh, but you can also see almost like a time capsule from 2011 to now where we've stood legally, you know, and we've come a long way. We still have a long way to go. There's a lot of work to be done, but we, we can celebrate uh, how far we've come as well. Yeah, certainly a very long way. And as you've uh, said in the past, it's going to be awfully hard to put the toothpaste back in the tube on this one. Well, you know, we hope that that helps you out. Uh, Cameron and uh, everyone, you know, listening, remember, um, you know, we'll take any kind of cannabis question that you might have. You could email us. We're info at growbudyourself.com. Yes. And, uh, please indeed. do send those questions in. Yeah. Send them in. You can send them on a Patreon page too. You can send them to our social media, pretty much, uh, you know, any, any which way you can reach us, but yeah, the email's perfect. Uh, and man, am I excited about this show and this interview. It's uh, a good one. Yeah, man, Jorge Cervantes, uh, George Van Patten has been just such a, an amazing mentor in my life. He he wrote the foreword to both of my books, uh, the Strain book and the Grow book. Uh, he, you know, handed down the column to me, uh, the Grow, Grow Q&A in high times. He's just always been such a great person. He really changed my life. Uh, I have to say that. I mean... He's been doing this since the 70s and still cranking books out, amazing books. And I don't know. I just want to say, like, he changed my life. I hope he changes yours. He, he could have been a dick. You know, <laughs> he could have been, you know, f- competitive. He could have felt like, oh, who's this kid, you know, trying to, you know, jump into this business and this and that. But no, he was welcoming. He was just an amazing person. And uh, I'm just so excited. Um, you know, Jorge Cervantes is you know, just a gem, a good egg, as we used to say back in Boston. <laughs> yeah. So maybe, uh, maybe we should just jump right into the interview, you know, get things started. Yeah. I mean, why waste time just yapping back and forth? Let's, uh, let's get George on here. And, and... Hear that. <laughs> right. Uh, but yeah, man, shout out to you guys. Um, thank you so much. I hope you're holding it down out there. I truly appreciate your support. Uh, all of you guys, the Patreon people, all the, um, people on Instagram and, and all the social media. You guys are rad. Uh, you guys make make our, our job easier and you make it fun. And uh, maybe it's the gummies talking, but you you know I'm sending love to all my peeps. <laughs> and uh, I don't know, without further ado, what should, should we uh, should we wrap this up and, and get to the Jorge? Yeah, that was enough ado. right on okay well then uh, we'll be right back with the incredible and amazing Jorge Cervantes hey guys if you're looking for a vaporizer accessories CBD stuff uh, pipes and rigs and even parts for different stuff definitely check out vapor.com you can use code GBY for Grow Bud Yourself. You get 15% off of any item. I mean, they have everything. Volcanoes, risers, uh, Puffco Peaks, basically everything that's popular. Uh, G-Pens, Da Vinci, Candy Pen, Packs, anything you, you've seen out in the world, they sell them there at Vapor.com, and you can use code GBY for 15% off of anything at their shop. All right, we are back and so excited on this episode to have an amazing special guest. He has been on the old show before a number of times, 
and has been a friend and a mentor for me for, gosh, about 20 years. I was reading his books before I ever met him, uh, learned to grow from him, and actually learned to navigate the cannabis industry from him as well. So uh, without further ado, I want to introduce uh, the man, the myth, the legend, Jorge Cervantes. Jorge. Well, wow, Danny, thanks a lot. That's, I hope I can live up to all of that stuff. That's really, really nice. Thank you so much. And, yeah. you know, you're the guy that I recommended for my job. When I decided <laughs> right. to leave High Times, you were the only guy that passed through my mind. You know, I mean, you're the guy. And I'm really <laughs> glad that you took over that job when you were at High Times. That was uh, quite nice. Yeah, I really, I mean, that moved me at the time really in an incredible way because I, you know, first of all, I couldn't believe you didn't want to do it anymore. <laughs> you know, it's like, <laughs> why, you know, this is, this is so easy, really. You know, it's like you're just teaching people how to grow. It's what we do. Um, but then now, you know, after doing that job for, for a decade or so, I realize exactly where you are at because you've, <laughs> you've, heard, you've heard every question, you've answered every question multiple times. And there's just at a certain point, it's like, what more can I do here? You know? And so I get it now at the time I was like, wow, <laughs> he's turning down, you know, free money. And, uh, but yeah, I was so yeah. honored. I was so honored that you would choose me uh, because you had the Jorge's RX for, for all those years. And then I, you know, I started Dear Danko and that was my, uh, you know, my column. And I, you know, it was just, it was amazing to, to have that handed down to me from you as well. Well, good. But yeah, I mean, burnout's burnout, you know, and, <laughs> yeah. and when you get burned out, I just you got, got to do something else, you know, to, cause to me, I mean, I don't work for money. I work because I want to, you know, right. and if it's not fun, hell with it. I'm not interested, you know, and, and answering the same questions just got old and, mm -hmm. and I'm glad you put new blood in there. It worked. <laughs> well, I appreciate that. Uh, a few years ago, you, you, you sort of came out of the grow closet as George Van Patten uh, on NPR. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, for a long time you had been navigating both of the worlds, the, the underground cannabis world and, you know, the legitimate sort of, or whatever they call legitimate uh, gardening world. And you were writing as George Van Patten in, you know, books that didn't, you know, didn't mention marijuana. And you were writing as Jorge Cervantes in books that did. Um, but, you know, tell me a little bit about like the, you, the, the first book you wrote was in 1983, right? I mean, prior to that, uh, you had yeah. been a grower. I mean, we've talked about this on past episodes, but you, you studied abroad basically for college, right? And that's kind of how you got in, interested in cannabis. Well, yeah, I went to, I went to university in, in Spain, in Valencia, Spain, and in the early 70s and the mid 70s, I went to, I transferred over and went to university in Mexico. And in Mexico, I mean, I get there the first, the first day, the, the, rector, the rector, you know, comes in and gives us a big lecture about, well, you know, you, you're not supposed to smoke cannabis. You're supposed to stay away from all drugs. It's horrible. You know, the real hard line. And that was right in the middle of the, the drug war, right? Right. And Mexico, you know, they'd do anything the U.S. said at that time. Things have changed now, which is good. But, um, <laughs> yeah. And, and so what happened was this guy, you know, we're right in the middle of the lecture. And I thought, man, this, this is kind of weird. I don't like hearing this stuff. This guy gets up and he says in a fairly loud voice, he goes, well, I'm going to go outside and smoke a joint. <laughs> and he looks around <laughs> like, well, hey, me too. And so that was the end of it. I just, you know, we started, uh, well, I knew a lot of several, not, not a ton of growers, a lot more smokers then. A good friend of mine was uh, Giovanni. He was uh, from uh, Rotan, uh, the uh, island north of, in north part of, just north of uh, Honduras. And anyway, like every other Thursday, he'd go around in this little pickup and deliver kilos. <laughs> and so, you know, immediately we became best buddies. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so I learned a lot about cannabis then. And one of the things I learned is the Mexicans are really smart. They kept the best dope for themselves, uh, <laughs> you know, and the dirt, Mexican dirt weed we get up here in the Mex or well, I'm in Spain now, but the Mexican dirt weed we get um, was kind of like their, their joke uh, <laughs> to send us, you know, 
yeah, but we, we smoked great scene to me uh, uh, way back in the 70s. And it was just outstanding. And, you know, none of that ever got up here. Right. And then uh, you moved back to the U.S. and started growing uh, sort of gorilla gardens outdoors, right? At, yeah, um, exactly. Mm -hmm. Then I went up to, then I, uh, then I went and started growing in Santa Barbara County, just south of Santa Barbara and Montecito, up a canyon. And uh, had like, the first year was pitiful. Uh, <laughs> the second year was way, way better. Because, you know, I've been gardening since I've been, I'm a little kid but there's just a few things I didn't understand. And once I got those sorted out, had one year under my belt, that was it. I just, and I learned a lot. And then the other thing is, it was really good to keep an open mind and listen to other people because that helped me more than anything I'd say, because you know, people would, their ego would take off with them and they knew everything and blah, blah, blah. And I don't know, I just didn't like hanging out with those guys. I like hanging out with people that shared and um yeah and that was good and then later i moved to um portland oregon and um that's when i i started a, a tree cutting service and landscape business had a bunch of employees and stuff and um so i decided to start growing because that's when i learned about um uh, growing indoors with with at the time halide lights and later came sodiums and, and I learned and this, this we're, we're talking about uh, or the early 80s, right? This is like 81. Late 70s, early late 80s. 70s. Yeah. Okay. And then because the lamps, I mean, they just came out like in the late 60s. Uh, mm -hmm. They were around. The mer mercury vapors were around before. But the yeah, it was like the late 60s when they had invented them. So, yeah, I guess it was about seven or no, 80, 81 when, when that all started. And then, um, then I met, uh, uh, oh, tons of people after, you know, nobody trusted me because I was asking questions to everybody. Um, <laughs> but one of the things I learned then is, is nobody was telling the truth. Nobody really knew what they were talking about. A bunch of tough guys and, and, and uh, you know, big balls. I mean, I give them credit for that, but they just weren't gardeners at heart. So there was a real lack of information. So that's when I decided to, um, to I, did, I just made a simple, you call it a, well, survey research. It's called an instrument. And basically it's a list of questions. You go out and ask them to a bunch of people. I, I asked about, I don't know, a couple hundred people probably. Uh, I got answers from about 50 of them. Most of them told me to fuck off. <laughs> because well nobody trusted me you know why the heck do I ask the questions and then and then anyway I I learned a lot from that two things one what they wanted to know and two what they knew so I did my homework at that point and put it all together with um the the, back, the homework I'd done and then the immense experience as a gardener that I had. And I put out a real practical book. And I tried to get it published. Um, gosh, all the big publishers, Andor Press was the big one back then. They'd published uh, Mel Frank and Ed Rosenthal's book and several others. And they, they, they rejected it. Everybody rejected it, said there's... There, there, there was all the information that we needed to know on cannabis was already available. I thought, well, <laughs> boy, you guys, you guys are in the wrong place. So then I published the book myself. I self-published it myself. And I was very fortunate because that's when self-publishing just started. And I bought a, a computer, K-Pro computer with CPM operating system and um, printed it myself, uh, did everything went out and sold it face-to-face -face. Um, well head shops back then the, the grocery stores wouldn't touch it because it was too hot for them and uh, the first year I sold 6,000 of them which was <laughs> an incredible it's a huge success nobody could believe it I had enough money I saved all that money 
and and then I make another edition that's that's the first one was like 96 pages the second one was 212 pages that's right and it, it had a, a spine on it it was like an inch thick and um, yeah and I published that and then it sold real well and it continued I made several other editions and then after that <laughs> um, uh, we had like this really big drug war going on right <laughs> and well, well uh, let's just let's just backtrack for a second that book was indoor marijuana horticulture and it was published yeah, in correct. 1983 originally that's right correct. That's and correct. uh start, started to be known as the bible kind of inform, yeah. in, informally known as the bible and then sort of became took on that title as well in subsequent right years. right i'm that's very amazing. proud of that because i the book won the name I didn't. I didn't just put the name on the book. It it won the name. It earned the it earned the title. And, right. And and yeah. the thing that you're talking about uh, about the drug war, uh, a lot of people probably don't know uh, <laughs> that you were affected by the DEA's Operation Green Merchant in 1989, where they basically flipped through the High Times magazine and and went after all the advertisers who were selling grow equipment and you had a grow shop at the time. Right, right. right. Uh, later I had a, yeah, I had a grow shop and um, oh man, one day we got started getting calls from all my friends. They, they started, they did a, a combined raid, green merchant it was called. Mm -hmm. And this, this combined raid, they, they raided everybody uh, in the U S and <laughs> what happened was they raided the guys on the East coast first because you know, the day starts earlier there, different time zone. So I start getting these calls and I, oh hell. And I don't know if it's good or bad. It's kind of like, you know, listening to the Indians that are surrounding you, beating the drums going, fuck, they're coming. They're coming, you know, but it did give time to clean the, clean out, you know, a few things that were necessary. And um, yeah, yeah. But that went, that went uh, real badly. Everybody I knew, I didn't, I didn't go to jail. Uh, but everybody I, I knew, a lot of my friends went to jail. Their businesses were ruined. My business uh, closed down, forced me into bankruptcy. It was horrid. And um, I was pretty depressed uh, for a while and then went, uh, basically kind of went into hiding for three years and didn't do much. You know, it's like you don't do anything, keep your head down and they leave you alone. And then I went over to see a friend of mine that had Chicago Indoor, um, uh, David Idle. And he was on the front page of the Chicago newspapers and was on the news about once every, it averaged about once every three weeks for uh, close to a year. And I remember sitting in his basement and saying, and saying David, how do you put up with this? How come you don't crack? You know, and he's a, he's a strong person. He goes, well, I just don't think about it. And I thought, damn, I'm, I'm that strong. I can do that too. And then I went back and I'm back and I come back hard. And then, you know, I think, gee, these guys fuck with me. They touch, you know, I come back. I'm just as strong. I'm stronger. And I'm right. And besides, I had right on my side. I'm right. Exactly. It's interesting because... It's similar in, in, in the pathway of growing is that you learn from your mistakes and accidents and things that happen to you. So you were, you know, you, you, you're published, you, you couldn't find a publisher for your book and you became a, a publisher yourself. Right. You were raided by the government and that, you know, shut down your store, but that probably focused a lot more energy towards publishing and putting out the books, which really became, you know, right. your, ultimately your legacy and that self-publishing right. thing. I mean, you know, the fact that you were able to do that on your own me meant that, you know, you made a lot more money from every sale of every book, you know, rather than just getting a royalty from, a, you know, one of these big companies. I think it's pretty right. amazing. And now that book has been translated, you know, into how many different languages it's, it's all over seven, the world. Seven right now. Incredible. Um, the one I'm most proud of, haven't made any money at, um, probably lost money on it, but it's Russian. Uh, it's in Russian, you know. <laughs> Incredible. And, yeah, yeah. You know, I'm I, really I was born. I was born in Russia, so that's that, that means yeah, a lot I, to me as well. Yeah, you know? I know it's great, man. And, and then, like, yeah, the, the 
Putin shuts down the border, won't let any books in, but what the heck, man, it's still in Russian. And they, they pirated a bunch of stuff and I, I, you know, they don't have any other way to get stuff. So, right. Fine. I can remember help those guys. I can remember, you know, I think Bean telling me a story about, uh, you know, people coming up to you with, with bootleg versions of your book, you know, for you to sign <laughs> and how pissed you'd be sometimes like, Hey God, this isn't actually my real book. You know, it's like photocopies that people put together and, and bound themselves or whatever. But the book has been translated into Dutch, French, German, Italian, Spanish, Russian. I mean, just an incredible. Uh, I actually, you know. I remember when I first started at High Times, this is in 2006, the film uh, Children of Men had just come out and the office was so excited because your book could be seen in a, in a, a scene in Michael Caine's house where he's growing strawberry cough. <laughs> oh, yeah, I forget about stuff like that. I guess that did happen. Huh? It was the scuttlebutt of the office. And <laughs> I don't even think about it. <laughs> but that that initial book launched, you know, more than a dozen other books that you've written as well. Oh yeah, uh, culminating with this incredible, just tome called the Cannabis Encyclopedia. This is the definitive guide to cultivation and consumption of medical marijuana. So, I mean, definitive guide is a great uh, term because it is an encyclopedia. It has so many so much information so many great photographs and and really you don't have to be a grower to appreciate this book either i mean anyone who consumes cannabis needs to own this book and has to have it i mean it's really there's only a few books i would say that about um you know jack harrow's book the emperor wears no clothes certain certain tomes you know that are just part of the canon of cannabis it's an incredible book and uh Tell me a little bit about the, the, the birth of the cannabis encyclopedia. Well, let's see. Um, it's purple. Uh, one <laughs> have a different color, but it matches this great bud on the cover. Uh, yeah, yeah, there's a lot of pictures, you know. I mean, I, I've got a big history with publishing. So I know, I know what I'm doing, and I was really fortunate because, because um, I, had, I had the best editors I could find. I had a great copy editor, professional. Uh, I had a great, uh, oh, several great technical editors. Uh, one was the guy that grew up, in, and this is real important, he grew up in a greenhouse family. And then he works for uh, a, a big company. He doesn't want me to say his name. Uh, he's retired now. But he spent his entire life with plants, you know. I mean, he's... he's He's got a very well-educated, super articulate, and I'm just really pleased to have been able to work with him. I found a great light editor. Uh, you know, as you know, editors, they, they make you, they make a better book, you know? Oh, yeah. And of course, you know, I've, I've interviewed thousands of people. I've been to hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of gardens. But um, yeah, and, and I hung out, gosh, I, I've done a lot of different stuff, you know, uh, a lot of growing, but um, my whole life's evolved around this, uh, cannabis and cultivation. You mentioned that you're in Spain now, right? In Barcelona? Right, right. Uh, and, been here and, 20 years. Right. And how, how, what's, what's the situation with the, the coronavirus in Barcelona right now? Uh, per capita, we've got the, the second highest death rate after Belgium. Belgium's a small country and they, they had this one, like a couple of big outbreaks in, in places. So they're, they've got more, but we've had a lot more people die here. Um, numbers are staggering. We've been under lockdown for eight weeks now, uh, going into the ninth week. And uh, they just opened up. We can go on walks, you know, legally go on walks, but everybody breaks the rules. That's kind of why I'm here because, you know, it's, <laughs> I'm in the anarchist city. All the lefties moved here, right? Um, but yeah, it's still uh, kind of a serious thing, you know? Mm -hmm. um, yeah, it's... Uh, they canceled Spanibus right as this all sort of exploded. Yeah, two days before. They can't right. expand a biz. Right. Um, yeah, everybody was here. We went out that, <laughs> we went out Friday night. Because see, all the, all my Dutch buddies and a bunch of Europeans, um, any, I don't remember any Americans, but 
um, yeah, we, um, you know, all, all of my friends were in town, so we all went out, you know. That was the last time I've been out, like, really hardcore socializing. It was, it was wild. Um, right. Fun times. Fun times. Right. Um, now, have you seen an uptick in people interested in home grow because of being stuck at home and, and not being able to go out, not being able to get cannabis, you um, know? Maybe. You know, well, no, actually, uh, the, here we have what's called a social club. And a social club is a, a club that you basically register with a club. And it's okay. Here, it's not dangerous to give your, your uh, personal information out, you know, like your ID and picture and everything. They're opening up, you know, and it's kind of like low-key. Nobody talks about it much. Um, but you can still go by and get cannabis. Right. Okay. Um, Interesting. Yeah. So that's good because otherwise there'd be like, a, what do you call it? A, a social upheaval. <laughs> right. Right. Um, now, in all your years of visiting all of these hundreds and, and, and perhaps thousands of gardens, um, what, what are some of the, you know, the, the, the biggest takeaways that you would take away from, from these grows and advice that you would give to people that are interested in producing their own cannabis? Wow. Okay. So the biggest thing would be don't don't listen to everybody uh, that out there. You know, there's a lot of people that are they're armchair experts, and they really don't know what the hell they're talking about. They and it, and few of them have uh, the people that give the most advice have the least amount of experience. Look for somebody that's got hands-on experience, not somebody that heard this from a friend or or uses hearsay evidence or just, just talks a lot um, <laughs> and that claims things, uh, go and see, go, well, now things are legal. You can go over and say, well, let me see your plants. Send me pictures of your plants. And if they can't do that, and you know, then I wouldn't trust them. Uh, so that's on the advice side. Um, I don't know if I'd be, uh, uh, you, can, you can spend way more money than you need to um, buying things to fix problems. Uh, it's, it's a good idea to have a, a, a solid plan to begin with. And if you don't have that, you're going to be throwing money and your time at fixing problems. And generally what people do is they get antsy. Um, you know, when the, the plant looks a little sick or it's a little weird, they'll try two or three different things on it you know, to, to fix it. And what happens is you don't know which one worked or which one didn't, or maybe it was detrimental. So, and, 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 you know, when you say you change a fertilizer regimen on a plant, um, it, it, it's not going to, it's not going to affect the plant in two or three days. Maybe it will depending upon, you know, what's wrong with it, especially like, you know, mobile nutrients like uh, nitrogen, but, usually it's a couple of weeks and people that aren't real familiar with stuff uh they don't see outward signs for a couple of weeks so uh that's to be patient that's that's the answer there and then uh grow stuff it's a lot easier to grow outdoors it's a lot less expensive to grow outdoors um and the next place to grow is in a um in a greenhouse if possible grow under cover and the last place to grow is indoors. I mean, I realized that I got, uh, you know, uh, real well known because of indoor growing, but that was my last choice. It still is. If you have to, okay, but you've got more problems indoors. Um, start with good organic soil. Um, if you have to grow in containers, uh, you know, I, I, I prefer a soilless mix. Um, other people might, might want soil, but soilless mix is a lot cleaner and easier to take care of. I mean, well, to, yeah, to, um, to control. Uh, yeah, those are kind of like basic things. Uh, just, just basic things. I could give real sharp details, but it's better to give general stuff because of the audience, it, I can affect more people. Right. And if people want to find out more, they can go to your website, right? MarijuanaGrowing.com. Yeah, that's a, true. <laughs> that's a great URL, by the way, as well. Yeah. Oh, God. Um, right. And I've you've had got it for 25 years or forever. 
you've got uh, information on growing, you've got uh, videos, um, you've, you've done a bunch of great videos over the years. I remember, obviously, back in the underground days, you had the, the dreadlocks, <laughs> you know, yeah, and all of that. And, you know, it was an underground kind of thing. And like you said about indoor growing, I mean, the reason people were growing indoors is because it was illegal. And so right. in the legal landscape, there's really no reason to be doing that. And with a greenhouse, you do get the best of both worlds, basically the, you know, the environmental control of indoors, but you know, the, the benefit of free sunshine, you know, which is incredible. And you yeah. can extend your growing season. Uh, you can do light deprivation, light supplementation, all of those things. I mean, I think it's really important. Um, now there's marijuanagrowing.com and I highly encourage people to check that out. And, buy your books through that website. Um, so marijuanagrowing.com also has forums where people can interact and ask questions, right? Yeah, yeah, and that's, that's true. And, you know, I've got a Facebook page and stuff, but, you know, to be real honest, I mean, maybe this is kind of dumb for me to say this right now, but uh, I'm, not the, I'm not the most tech-savvy guy, and I'm not always on there. Uh, yeah, I'm not always on there. But what thought, are your socials? If people just search for Jorge Cervantes, they'll find you on oh, yeah. Yeah, Twitter I'm, or Instagram. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No worries. Perfect. Uh, just type my name into the internet and you'll see. <laughs> you'll see a few pages. A few right pages on. will come up. <laughs> well, listen, thank you so much uh, for coming on. I want to mention that Jorge is also the uh, 2013 recipient of the Lester Grinspoon Lifetime Achievement Award from High Times that... Uh, yeah. I got to participate in, uh, you know, uh, being a part of that ceremony and, and, and all of that. And we've spent time all over the world, I think, in Vancouver and in Barcelona and Amsterdam. I want to thank you for your friendship and for your help and mentorship and helping me, like I said, navigate the industry as well as, you know, the cultivation scene. Uh, I learned from you, you know, not to get involved in people's, you know, disputes <laughs> you know how people are always beefing people are always beefing in the industry and i just learned to stay out of it you know what i mean just oh, yeah. uh because you know in a year from now those people will be best friends again or something will happen and you just got to ride it you know if you're going to be in it for the long term you got to just you know stick around and 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 yeah. you know see the long the, the long picture right so i want to thank you for that i want to thank you for coming on to grow bud yourself soon we'll be at the camp new uh, watching Barcelona win the you know Champions League and La Liga and everything else that's there. Another golden boot for Leo, and we, and we win an, another golden boot for Leo Messi, and we're gonna win the King's Cup too. And then we take the European Cup, and then we come back and Spain will win World Cup. I mean, it's and and well, I don't know. We can't do World Cup without Messi, but we can do a uh, uh, European Cup. And right. Yeah, yeah. Leo Messi um, rules. He is yes. he's like the god of football, soccer. Number ten. Number 10 Leo Messi. And uh, yeah, to the Leo Messi of cannabis cultivation uh, literature, Ooh. Jorge Cervantes. Thank wow. you so much. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Uh, forza, forza. Fuerza. 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 Messi. Fuerza. Todo. Viva. Viva Barça. Venga. Fuerza cannabis and. Yeah, just thank you. Oh, well. Appreciate yeah. it. So you might be asking yourself, why Bogart? Well, this is not the time to be sharing joints or bowls or pipes. Uh, the Bogart is a discreet, hygienic, efficient one-hitter that is biodegradable and disposable. So stop sharing and start Bogarting. They have a very special deal as a sponsor of the show right now. We are going to give everyone who subscribes a three-pack of Bogart One-Hitters shipped completely free. Okay, that also you can participate in a giveaway uh, for a chance to win a starter kit, which includes a mason grinder, a mason jar, and a casher lighter, as well as some extra Bogarts. Um, so the format is the same as before from episode one. You text Danko, D-A-N-K-O, to 434 2042042 for your chance to win. So, and for your free pack of one hitters. So, text Danko, D A N K O, to 434 204 2042. Check it out. 
Look him up at whybogart.com. All right. Wow. <laughs> nice chat there with Jorge. He always, always great to have him on. Always so much knowledge and history. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And just such a great guy. He definitely is. I've actually, I've been liking um, speaking to these High Times alums. It's been, it's been fun. Even though I started back at High Times in like 2006, which is forever ago, that was still uh, long after both Jorge and Kyle had stopped working there. Like I didn't actually work with them. Right. That's interesting. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I've gotten to know them through like events and, and this show and stuff like that, but never actually in the office. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. Kyle was, was a, was a, <laughs> an amazing presence in the office. I've heard, Jorge, I've heard rush yeah. stories. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And Jorge, uh, he didn't really come to the office often, uh, but I would always see him in Amsterdam and, and at all the different events and stuff, but he was more of like a freelancer at that point as well when I started. So uh, it is interesting, and there's a rich history there. Well, it's and, been very cool. We've kind of seen like the progression. We've had Jorge, and then Kyle, and 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 down to you. So it's been a it's been a nice uh, start to this absolutely. new show. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. I'm real excited about this. The other thing that that occurs to me uh, when you were speaking with Jorge is is the importance of self publishing in in the cannabis world. How you know Jack Herrer did it. And and Jorge did it. It's it's interesting that that's sort of been um, a strong point for uh, cannabis writing. Yeah, yeah, no, it's it's definitely true. I think it's very important that people you know uh, do their their own thing. You know, especially if you've if you've faced rejection, uh, you know, do it yourself and just keep plugging away. That's always the advice. And like he said, you got to be patient too. You know, whether you're growing or whether you're building a podcast or anything else. You know, you just patient and work hard. And, you know, the, the other sort of main thing we want to do is teach people how to grow and you have to build the foundation. Right. And that is all, that's what the vegetative stage is all about. And that's what I'm going to be talking about here. Um, building the foundation. Okay. Because you don't get these big, beautiful, uh, you know, buds and huge colas without, having a lot of success during the vegetative stage. And I think a lot of people think of it as an afterthought. Um, and a lot of growers in the past used to have a very short vegetative stage because they were growing sea of green style and, you know, they'd grow for a week in veg and then immediately flower plants. But nowadays with plant limits and everything, the way it is, you know, you want to get the most out of each plant. And the way to do that is to maybe bulk up the vegetative stage to a month, maybe more, you know, and the vegetative stage, okay, cannabis grows in two different stages, okay? There's vegetative and then there's flowering, okay? But these are two distinctly different stages. And one is at the beginning of the plant's life and one is at the end of the plant's life. And indoors, you, you control when that flowering stage starts. Uh, but outdoors, it just happens automatically, you know, when the light begins to wane uh, towards the end of the summer, beginning of the fall. And that's what you're reproducing indoors, so in that vegetative stage, basically it's from when the plant is a seedling until when you induce flowering. And so it could be a week, it could be a month, it could be three months. It's really determined by you, particularly obviously indoors. And, you know, this is the time when you're giving the plants, you know, 18 hours of light, 20 hours of light, you know, you want to have a little bit of a dark period, but you want it to really be well lit uh, during this time. Uh, this is when you're building up the root system, you're building up the, the leaves and the stems and the branches that are going to lay the groundwork for strong plants that can hold up these heavy buds that you're after later. Okay, so lighting for the vegetative stage, very important that you do not keep the lights far away from the plants. Okay, depending on the light system that you use, you need to, you know, not make the plant stretch and grow super lanky. You know, you just end up with all this lumber and it's just a bad idea. So whatever lighting you choose uh, during the vegetative stage, I recommend uh, ceramic, ceramic metal halides. Um, you can grow with fluorescence, LEDs, uh, even uh, high pressure sodiums. But whatever that wattage is, 400, 600, 1000, you need to have the plants growing with the light. So raise the light as the plants grow. Don't make the plants grow up into the light. Um, very important. And I see people make that mistake. 
um, feeding as far as, you know, fertilizers, uh, you want to feed nitrogen heavy because that's what really sort of builds all the um, green vegetative growth and makes it very lush. Uh, so, you know, this is when uh, you have the NPK rating scale, nitrogen, uh, potassium, and phosphorus, and you want it to be higher in nitrogen than potassium and phosphorus. Uh, you don't want to neglect the CalMag and things like that. And actually, this is a perfect time to mention uh, one of our sponsors, Sweetleaf Nutrients. Uh, they have an amazing deal going, I guess it's only for one more day. This ends uh, May 15th, which if you're listening to this the day we dropped it, you still have time to enter. Um, it's a complete indoor home gardening kit uh, that's brought to you in part by the Grow Bud Yourself podcast, but mainly by Sweetleaf, S-U-I-T-E-L-E-A-F.com. Uh, the concert prize pack includes a grow tent, LED lights, a set of sweet leaf plant nutrients, a fan, pots, saucers, hangers, a weather station. I mean, this is like over $500 worth of stuff. Um, so check out their website, sweetleaf.com. Uh, if you got time to enter into that, if you're listening to this later and you missed out, you can always use coupon code DANKO15 for 15% off everything on that Sweetleaf website. Uh, and that includes their nutrients, grow, grow tents, uh, all kinds of, you know, fertilizers and amendments, as well as uh, smell-proof messenger and duffel bags. So definitely check them out for home gardening supplies and use that code DANKO15 for 15% off. Um, but so you're going to need to feed your plants, right? Um, and one great way to do this during the, the uh, vegetative stage is foliar feeding as well. This is where uh, you mist, you know, use a spray bottle to mist the leaves with uh, either just plain water or a mild nutrient solution. Now, make sure it's mild. You don't want to burn these leaves. You don't want to do this, uh, you know, at the hottest part of the day or anything like that. But foliar feeding is a great way. Um, to feed plants and to clean the plants. You know, there's dust and all kinds of particles uh, in your grow. So when you foliar feed, make sure you spray the tops and the bottoms of the leaves. Uh, and, you know, it's a great thing to do that you can't really pull off once you start flowering. So um, foliar feeding is a great thing. Um, any transplanting that you're going to need to do, you should do in the vegetative stage uh, because it shocks the plants when you transplant plants uh, you know, you can shock them for a week. And if they're in the middle of flowering and you do that, um, you're really setting yourself back. Uh, another thing you can do during veg that you don't want to do during flowering uh, is pinching and pruning and training for bigger yields. Okay, this is there's a lot of different methods to doing this. I'm not going to get into all of them right now. Uh, but veget the vegetative stage is the time to do that. Okay, to, to trim the plants, uh, bend them, any kind of techniques you want to do to ensure that you get more than just that one sort of Christmas tree style plant and more of like a Hanukkah bush type plant, uh, which is going to be a bigger yielding plant with larger uh, colas. So uh, very important. Um, don't prune, you know, like I said, as you're approaching the flowering stage, you want to cut back on all of that. Um, but during veg, perfect, perfect time to do. Lots of information in my grow book about uh, pruning and transplanting. Um, and that's really how you build, you know, the basis and the foundation upon which all your buds are going to grow. And again, like I said, a lot of growers neglect their plants during veg because they're really worried about the buds and the flowers and the trichomes and the essential oils and all that. And you don't get any of that during the vegetative stage. So again, be patient and, uh, Get yourself a nice grow tent and start that seedling stage or the cloning stage and then go right into veg. And then, you know, you'll, you'll have a great foundation there set for when you start flowering those plants. All right. Sounds good. And as in most things, patience is a virtue in cannabis growing. So that is uh, that's some helpful knowledge right there. Thank you, Dan. Uh, what do you say we take a couple of questions? Let's do it. We have a couple of questions here. If you have a question that you'd like Dan to answer on this show, uh, you could reach us uh, through email. It's info at growbudyourself.com. And, of course, we're also on social media, uh, Twitter. He's at Danny Danko, and I'm Mike Check G. 
So it's like Mike G, but with a check in the middle at Mike Check G. So get us uh, there or email us. Uh, let's get to our first question here. It is once again from uh, our friend DOCG, who writes, uh, Dear Mike and Danny, I personally prefer sativa dominant hybrids for my own head stash. And during the show last week, I was manicuring a super lemon haze clone from Harborside, Oakland, when I nearly jumped off my couch when I realized you were reading my email. So thank you for that. <laughs> it truly made my day. And thank you for the ceramic metal halide recommendation. I'll be proceeding with that light for my next grow. My question for you, uh, my fiance at times suffers from anxiety and restless nights. She usually turns to wine for relief. And although delicious, it's not ideal for her. She's tried a few strains, but complains that she wakes up more tired. So what are some strains that will allow her to fall asleep fast, that'll keep her asleep, and that don't have that hangover effect in the morning? Uh, what do you think, Dan? Interesting. Yeah, I mean, I think obviously you're going to want to go with something indica dominant, uh, in as indica dominant as possible, I would imagine, because if you if your preference is the sativas and those are the ones that are uh, affecting her in that way, um, then I would try, you know, some Kush. Uh, maybe some something purple grapes or, you know, something like that, uh, because those are really kind of like the knockout strains. Uh, but, you know, they shouldn't really have that hangover effect. And I think maybe that hangover effect comes from just having restless sleep if you're smoking sativas. So, uh, you know, try indica dominant, uh, try some chem, you know, something something that's, you know, you know, is on the indica side of things. And I think that will definitely, you know, alleviate those effects. Um, there's also, you know, different ratios of THC to CBD that could be helpful. You know, like if you have it higher on the THC side, you know, like a four to one uh, or something like that, two to one, uh, those types of ratios sometimes are very helpful uh, in not sort of elongating the effects of cannabis. All right. Sounds good. We hope that helps you out there, uh, D-O-C-G, and your fiancé as well. Uh, let's move on to Reefer Franklin, who writes, uh, I'm looking to dip my toe into aquaponics. I don't want to set up a full dual root zone system or anything. More like a tank with some ornamental fish that just happened to provide awesome nutrient water for my modified Alaska bucket slash hempy hybrid system. So, are there any considerations I should be making, like specific small fish that are better than others, perhaps ones I could feed something grown in my own yard? Uh, what do you think, Dan? That's from Reefer Franklin, who, who also has an AKA as uh, the philosopher stoned. Oh, nice. It's a Harry Potter uh, reference. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, I've only really seen a few aquaponic gardens in my life oddly enough i mean i've definitely visited some some greenhouses and some farms where uh they do that and what that is uh for people to understand is uh it's an integration of a fish farm into a cannabis farm or even an herb farm or a lettuce farm uh but either way you know fish poop as many people know makes a great fertilizer it's got a lot of nitrogen uh you know it's 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 just a you know commonly used fertilizer. In fact, when I met Levon Helm, uh, rest in peace, he told me that, you know, he was growing plants up, up, up on his house and uh, he would just use pond water as, you know, his nutrients. He would just dip into the pond and use that water. And he felt like that was enough uh, for him. And it's because there's, you know, everything you need is there. There's the poop and there's the, the um, beneficial microbes and bacteria. And there's the, uh, uh, algae and things like that. So, you know, I think it depends on the pond as well, you know, and what kind of activity is going on. But as far as the fish, um, the ones I've seen typically have tilapia, uh, which aren't really an ornamental fish. It's more of a eat, an eating fish. Uh, it's interesting. I've seen where they've had tilapia in tanks and they've been feeding them, you know, pellets and they eat the, the pellets and then they poop and they use that water uh, after they've, you know, pH balanced it and things like that to feed the plants. And I've seen different varying levels of success with it. Uh, but if you just have a fish tank and you have ornamental fish and they're regularly pooping uh, in the water, I think you're going to do fine. I mean, I, you know, as long as you replace that water with fresh water and, you know, growing is kind of like having a fish tank. You have to monitor 
the water at all times, the pH and the parts per million. So, you know, think about it uh, in terms of using that as an amendment, because I don't think that's going to provide all the nutrition that you're going to need for your plants, uh, unless you have, you know, I don't know, a big, huge, uh, you know, thousand gallon tanks and things like that. But, you know, in a nice sized fish tank, you can get a decent amount of, of uh, poop water <laughs> to use <laughs> to use for your plants. Uh, and you can also use that water, uh, uh, you know, for brewing compost tea as well. All right. That sounds uh, delightful. Thank you, Reefer Franklin, and uh, good luck with all the fish poop. Uh, what do you say we do one more? I think we have time for one more. Let's do it. Okay, great. Uh, so this one uh, comes from Bing, and Bing writes, uh, Hey, Danny and Mike, uh, my question is, when flushing, are you tracking the water coming out? Do you need to get to zero PPM before it's fully flushed? Uh, so what do you say, Dan? Interesting. Good question. Uh, yeah, flushing, I should explain, you know, this is something you do uh, towards the end, right before you harvest, basically a week, maybe two weeks before you harvest, uh, you start to use just plain water um, because you want to leach out the nutrients um, that are excess nutrients that you've you've built up in your plant matter. So uh, you don't want to add be adding nutrients in that last week or two of growth. Uh, you just want to be using plain water, pH balanced plain water. And uh, no, it doesn't have to get to zero parts per million. Uh, there's always going to be some parts per million, even even plain water. I mean, you know, if you use reverse osmosis, you you can get down pretty close. But even still, I mean, flushing is, you know, it's not an exact science. And you'll probably never reach zero PPMs after pouring anything through uh, a soil mix or a soilless mix, uh, whatever it might be. But you do want to see those numbers go down. I mean, certainly you don't want to see you know, a thousand PPMs or 700 PPMs. You want, you want to see, you know, 200 or less, I would say, uh, in that last week. And, and the closer you can get to zero, the better, but, uh, and, and you'll see the leaves, you know, start to show fall colors and, and, um, some of that green greenness fading and that's fine. Uh, but yeah, it doesn't have to go to zero. Uh, but it is not a bad idea to track the water. Uh, I've really, honestly, to be honest, never really tracked that water when flushing just because I know I'm using plain water and I know I've got enough time. I usually do at least 10 days of flushing. So uh, you can track it and, you know, but it doesn't have to go to back to zero. All right. Uh, thank you, Bing. We appreciate the question. And uh, thanks to everybody else who wrote us. If you have a question that you'd like Dan to answer on this show, you could reach us at info at growbudyourself.com. You could also get us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Let us know your question and we'll read it and answer it on this show. We should also mention the Patreon page. I mean, that's really, uh, I want that to be a place where people can interact with the show, ask questions. Yeah, for sure. What do you say we take a little break, come back and wrap it up? Yeah, absolutely. Thank you, and we'll be back. All right. I want to say thank you to our sponsors, especially Bogarts. Uh, they really stepped up with an amazing deal here where you get a free three-pack of Bogart one-hitters by texting Danko to 434-204-2042. And that also gives you a chance to participate in their giveaway for a chance to win a starter kit as well. This is all free, so even the shipping. So text Danko to 434-204-2042. 2042 for that amazing offer. Grow Bud Yourself is also sponsored by Jack Lloyd, Canada's cannabis lawyer. If you have legal questions, if you need advice, get in touch with Jack Lloyd at info at lloydlawcorporation.ca or on Twitter at Jack Lloyd Lawyer. And Lloyd is L L O Y D. So thank you to both of our sponsors and check them out. So I think we're at the wrap. This is the wrap. Okay, well, let's wrap it up. <laughs> Episode three, man. Right on, three, man. Three down. Yeah, three down and weekly, which we promised, and we will continue to provide weekly podcasts. Uh, pretty exciting. Thank you to Jorge. Thank you to Jacques and Winstrong. Thanks to our sponsors. Uh, this one was epic, man. I really, I think, uh, I think we're getting on a roll here. It's always great when Jorge stops by. Absolutely. Absolutely. 
And uh, yeah, we uh, we're excited about participating with you guys on the Patreon page as well. Mike, didn't you have something to say about? Uh, right. So uh, as we mentioned uh, last week, we are going to be doing this uh, Patreon quiz show. So, you know, if you're a member of Patreon, you're signed up there. Just comment under any of the episodes that are there. We'll find you. And if you want to participate in this quiz show, let us know because we're going to Zoom you and we're going to quiz you. And if you do well, and probably even if you do poorly, we're going to give you free stuff. That's right. And we got some cool free stuff to give away. Um, Thank you to all the Patreon people. We're about to start putting some exclusive content up there as well. Some incredible exclusive content, uh, videos and audio um, any day now. So uh, please sign up patreon.com slash Danny Danko. Uh, really appreciate all your support. That's a wonderful way to let us know that you love the show and to part and to actually communicate with us directly, you know? So very exciting. And that's P A T R E O N.com Patreon. So yeah, check <laughs> that out. Email us, uh, get us on socials. And um, I don't know, man, is it time? I think it's time. <laughs>